Welcome to the Jay Kim Show. This is your host, Jay Kim. I am an investor, author, and fitness entrepreneur. And for the first time in Asia, I sit down with the world's most brilliant minds in business, investing, and entrepreneurship. You'll learn all the secrets, strategies, and formulas to becoming a successful entrepreneur directly from the masters. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insight to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. In this episode, we speak with Catherine van der Mullen. Catherine is the Retail Relations and Academy Manager at Inside Retail. Inside Retail is Australia's leading authority on retail industry news and trends and has been a trusted source of retail industry news for more than 45 years. Catherine's father founded the famous Australian retailer, Supre. So she has a very solid background in fashion and retail, having grown up in that family business. After the company was sold due to financial difficulties, Catherine decided to try her hand at entrepreneurship and launched Think Business Services, which is her business coaching and advisory business. Catherine's one of the organizers of the Retail Cutting Edge Forum, which will be on the very first day of the Start Me Up Hong Kong 2017 festival. And she shares with us the latest trends that she is seeing in the retail space today. Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm very excited. We have a huge week coming up with the Start Me Up Hong Kong 2017 Festival. Can you please, for the audience out here listening, um, introduce yourself and maybe tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. I'm Catherine van der Meulen, and I work as the Retail Relations and Inside Retail Academy Manager uh, at a group in Australia called Octomedia. We also have an office in Hong Kong and Singapore and all across Asia. And at the moment, we are working on uh, the Retail Cutting Edge event as part of the Start Me Up Festival, which is on next week in Hong Kong. Yeah, I, I know you do a couple of things. So uh, in addition to... Uh, Inside Retail Academy, you mentioned Octomedia. So is that part of the same thing? Yeah, so Octomedia is the group that owns Inside Retail. Inside Retail is a publication that's been around in for, uh, for about 40 years. So it's got a long-standing history and amazing trust with uh, retailers for publishing great content. Um, and Octomedia is the group that owns Inside Retail, uh, as well as a number of other publications across FMCG, across Asia, New Zealand, third sector. So there's multiple different uh, publications that we publish across. I see. Okay. So it's a publish, it's like a, it's a magazine publisher type online news source. All of that. Yes. Okay. Every, everything that, that you need to know about retail globally, you will find it in mm. Inside Retail. Ah, so is it almost like a industry trade it, journal exactly. equivalent? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Okay. And before working there, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background, how, yeah. how you got into retail? Yeah, so I've been in retail all of my life. Uh, my father founded a fashion company, which is an Australian company uh, called Supre, and he founded that back in the 80s. Uh, and I worked across brand, um, and we really were building an amazing and fun company uh, across retail. We had 160 retail stores across Australia and New Zealand. And the business got sold three years ago, uh, and I was out into the wider world and uh, started to connect with businesses that I wanted to work with 
and came across Inside Retail actually by chance. I um, was on a flight up to Queensland to go and host an event and ended up getting a taxi with the then CEO um, and he said, I've got some great opportunities for you <laughs> and they all just fell into place. So we started working on the World Retail Congress in Rome and also building uh, a business academy which we still work on today. So yeah. Wow, that's quite that's quite uh, serendipitous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you have a background, uh, family background in retail and fashion, uh, and you've you've sort of done it your whole life. And then, was it something that was sort of impressed upon you, like, okay, you're part of the family, so you, you have to do this, or was it? Did you genuinely have a interest in? In it. it was never pressed upon us, that's for sure. So when I was 18 and I left school, I just naturally went straight into the family business. I'd been, I'd been there all of my life. I'd grown up in and around our factory. Uh, you know, our school holidays were always spent at our factory in Marrickville in Sydney. And so it was just mm. a natural progression for me to go into there. And I, you know, had a great admiration for what my father did. And I just naturally wanted to be a part of that. When I look back, should I have spent so many years immersed in a fast fashion business? Maybe not. I really wish back then I probably would have spent more time educating myself in the lead up to that. So I've now gone back to university and studying business and psychology and stemming towards like human rights and sustainable sustainable business models and supporting businesses to be more conscious and ethical in their efforts. So, you know, my only my only regret is that I didn't study and educate myself more back then rather than going straight into the family business. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the thing is, Catherine, I mean, there, okay, there's definitely something to be said about uh, education. But as well, I think that you probably got a whole different side of education that you can't even attain going to school because you were deep within the, you know, the, the inner workings of an actual business. And there's a lot yeah. of things that you learn on the ground there that you can't even pay to learn uh, in, in any amount of, of education. So, yeah. I think it's just the, you know, the foundations that you can get from education and yes, having that applied in an environment like that where you're working it every day. But, you know, the things that I've learned through my education have just opened my eyes in the last four or five years that I've been studying have just opened my eyes to just different amazing opportunities that I probably would never have even thought about if I, you know, continued to stay uh, in the family business. So, you know, it's, it's opened my eyes and it's taught me a lot and it's, it's really shaped, I think, who I am and where, which direction in life I want to take. Mm, awesome. That's a, that's a great background. And um, Okay, so you've been working at Inside Retail for, you said, five years, was it? Uh, no, in the last three years. Three years, yeah. okay. And so can you tell us specifically sort of day-to-day -day what your, your job entails? Yeah, so my main focus is on retail relationships, and that is really building relationships with all of our retailers to engage them in a number of our projects across the publications, not only from an editorial perspective, uh, but also our events and our uh, different programs that we run through Inside Retail and also across Media as well. And I also run Inside Retail Academy, which is our education platform. And those one-day one day forums in Australia at the moment and in Hong Kong as well. We just ran one in Hong Kong in November. And the event that we're working on for next week is actually just an extension of that particular Inside Retail Academy program. And we've also been working on, we've got a three-day event coming up called Inside Retail Live, which is a festival of ideas uh, and experiences within retail. So it's a massive event for 3,000 people coming up in March in Sydney. So yeah, we've also been working on the content and, you know, uh, connecting with retailers from all over the world and also 
interesting, you know, psychologists and customer behavior specialists and relationship experts and tantra experts and all sorts of random things where retailers can learn not only from within the industry but also learning from other other verticals. Uh, we don't just need to be applying what's actually working in the retail industry to other retail organizations. We can look to aviation, we can look to food, we can look to, you know, as crazy a thing as, as, as tantra or relationships and what do relationships and what do relationship experts have to do with brands and retail. You know, there's an amazing relationship that goes on between brand and customer that, you know, is much like a marriage. So we've really started to look outside uh, beyond just retail of, you know, the types of companies and the types of people that we'll have speaking at our events in the future. That's that's very true. It's uh, There's a huge psychology behind huge. consumer behavior. And, yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't don't think about when they think about retail, um, you know, on the onset. So, um, so you mentioned the Inside Retail Academy. So what exactly is that? And let's say I'm a... I'm a young, uh, you know, enthusiast and want to get into the business. Um, what what sort of things do you have to offer there at the academy? Yeah, so we have at the moment it's one day events, and so we run those in Sydney and Melbourne, uh, and obviously Hong Kong, and it's a mix of content. So we have case studies of brands, and those are delivered in workshop style formats or roundtables or interviews or keynote presentations. Um, and really it's about supporting uh, retailers and you know not only uh, established retailers but emerging retailers as well to be able to continue their education and learning from other from other people uh, to give you an example we recently had at one of our events a man uh, called Douglas Nickel who spoke from a company called on message was talking about the emergence of things like whatsapp as communication tools within organizations and bots and robots and all sorts of things and you'd kind of go well, what's whatsapp got to do with retail and then I was on the phone with Invest Hong Kong and KPMG last night in preparation for the event next week mm -hmm. and they were talking about how we will need to use WhatsApp as our communication tool for our event next year. So we kind of missed the boat on it this year but making sure that you know WhatsApp is a part of our marketing strategy. So you know it's about finding and uh, emerging trends and what you know technology being the enabler for retail um, and so it's a combination of those things. Okay, so it's just kind of keeping up with trends and, and also doing some sort of one-on-one type introductory stuff. If you're just new to the, to the industry in general, if you want to just learn, then you can, you can attend the academy, right? Yeah, that's right. Right, okay. Interesting what you say about WhatsApp, actually, because um, globally, every, every market is nuanced. And you know, in Asia, a lot of people use WhatsApp. I know all of them, I use it, and that's the only, pretty much the only... Well, I mean, WeChat is very China-centric, mm. but WhatsApp is very, I, I use that, you know, and all of my network, all my friends just use WhatsApp. Mm. And then I go to the States and people are like, uh, we don't really use WhatsApp. Oh, I have to <laughs> download it, you know? So, um, but the good thing about WhatsApp is that it is encrypted uh, in theory. So it, it is one of the more secure ones. Uh, mm. So that's nice. Um, okay, so... so it, it sounds pretty. Uh, it sounds like you you you're you're into a lot there at Insider Retail Academy. Um, what what are some of the other things that you're doing? Because I I know that you were or are still working at something called Think Business Services. Yeah, so that's my own business that I have uh, a consulting consulting business, um, and the main focus for me is about supporting businesses to be more conscious in their efforts. I think you know we can't 
afford to start another fashion label um, or another retail organization. I think the world is pretty much at its capacity. So we really need <laughs> to be working with, you know, what we have and really converting our businesses to be more sustainable. You know, in the end, my family lost the business. We had to sell the business because it w went into financial disarray. Um, and mm. so I've learned a lot from that and I really want to be able to teach other organizations how to create sustainable business models to be able to stay in business. Um, and those things come from building the foundations of the business and creating uh, a sustainable organization, building the foundations, making sure that your ethics, your values, your mission and your purpose are in place because I feel like a business without purpose really is no business at all because it doesn't engage the culture um, and it's hard to grow a business if it has no meaning. Mm. And I think instead of starting another business, we really need to refine the businesses that we have um, and grow grow those businesses from within rather than just always jumping ship and finding what the next organization that we can be involved in. And that's a very entrepreneurial spirit and I love that. But it's also about making making other businesses work rather than just jumping to the next thing. And I'm, you know, I'm a... Right. That is my personality as well. You know, I grew up with my father who's an incredible entrepreneur and we were always kind of, you know, we were always looking for the next thing and I think that's kind of my life motto and I'm always looking for what's next, not just about career and life but more about life really. How can I educate myself more? How can I go, what kind of adventures can we go on overseas, you know, taking the kids on adventures but adventures with purpose. Um, so I don't just want to travel to... New York to go check out the fashion and check out the retail. I want to go to New York and work with homeless people or, you know, go on a mission and, you know, work with the United Nations and doing things that actually have more purpose than just another business. Mm. So, you know, I really kind of set my sights on, on those kinds of things and then engaging businesses along the way who are already working in that kind of way. I recently um, started, we've recently with Inside Retail started working with a company called Reho Travel and they give 10% of their profits to a, a microfinancing agency in uh, Malawi in, in Africa. Mm. And so for me, it's not, you know, my trip to Hong Kong was booked through Reho Travel. So it's not only about that, you know, I'm traveling to Hong Kong next week, but also then I, we were able to contribute to this microfinancing. And I really believe that microfinancing as a model can really change the lives of millions of people all over the world. Mm. And so, you know, that you can contribute in small ways. It doesn't have to be center your whole business around microfinancing, but knowing that just my trip for next week contributed to, you know, this microfinancing agency in Hong Kong, it makes me feel a hell of a lot better than just filling the pockets of the airlines. No, absolutely. I think you're right. I, I think you're completely right. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, you don't have to 180 and just be all in, but it's the little steps, it's the building blocks that you take to give back that I think matter. You know, one of my friends, he runs a, um, a pre-accelerator uh, sort of uh, program in the Philippines uh, because obviously, you know, uh, web developers and, and coders are the cost is much lower there in the Philippines to mm. hire that sort of um, you know and, and and they're very talented and so one of the things that he does is he sets up a, he set up a a social um, employment type program where Hong Kong companies can actually hire a um, like a high school student 
to work on their SEO and and sort of mar- web marketing, social media marketing, mm. and they they'll have a dedicated person that will work on it for a fraction of the cost that they'll pay for to a large organization. They'll be teaching underprivileged high school student how to work on it, and mm. oftentimes the results are even better mm. than what you'll get at a large organization for ten times the cost, right? And it's just one of those things where it's like it's exactly what you said. You know, you feel good about spending that money because. Not only are you getting results, you're also it's also going to a good cause. So I think that's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. So what are some of the who are some of the companies that you would what what's a situation where I would hire you as a consultant for let's say your your think business services? Again, it could really be any business. I'm not so focused on, you know, I was very focused when I first came out of our fashion business. I was very focused on fashion organizations, but I'm not so focused in that area. My great passions are around, you know, travel and humanitarianism Mm. and philanthropy and things that are for the greater good, really. Uh, Again, I'm not very interested these days just to work for another fashion company because I I don't see the purpose in it and for excessive consumerism. So it's really about the individual organization and who's behind, most importantly, who's behind the organization and what their purpose is and what their meaning is that, you know, I enjoy working with those kinds of companies because at the end of the day, again, it's that entrepreneurial spirit that is, you know, is driving these organizations. And if I don't, if I'm not interested in that person's spirit, then it's hard for me to engage in the business. So it's really, you know, it really can be anything. It's really more about the connection between myself and the person that we're working together. Because that, again, can create that relationship and building on that, you know, relationship. Right. I guess one would be surprised, I guess, to see large organizations that perhaps don't have a clearly defined purpose Mm. oftentimes, right? And so I guess that's where you come in. What are some sort of best practice type procedures that you would suggest to, let's say, a company that maybe maybe not a huge company, but let's say a medium-sized company that maybe is struggling or just doesn't have their their stuff together and um, maybe doesn't have a purpose. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you would implement right away? I would first do, you know, in a very in a simple way, not like a massive uh, process, but I would do an audit of the organization. I would understand the mm. culture uh, of the people. I would understand, you know, the supply chain and the impact, you know, and that can be service orientated as well as product um, businesses understanding the supply chain and also understanding the impact, but most importantly, understanding and connecting with the people in the organization and find out what's going on. I know that back in my days at Supre, if we had really just dug a little bit deeper and connected further with our team members in more of a meaningful way towards the end, I feel like we probably could have saved the business because we could have understood the business a lot more than just looking at what products we were selling at what price we were selling where the fabric was coming from and if we can really engage the people internally I think you can build a an amazing amazing culture I would start in that way um, and identifying really what the vision is for the business what do we really want to be creating in this business what's the outcome what's its purpose and I think really defining that purpose defining the culture engaging with people, educating and empowering people would be the places that I would start. You know, you may have a tribe of a thousand people or you may have 10 people in your organization. They are probably your biggest asset over rent and things like that, but they would probably be your biggest asset and biggest investment. So why not start with them to understand what's really going on in your business? Right. Okay. That's yeah. very interesting. Um, Catherine, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the big event um, yeah. inside retail. Uh, it's Retail's Cutting Edge, which is 
the very first day, uh, which is January 16th. And so can you please tell us, you know, maybe some of the, the keynote speakers and the highlights that we can look forward to when we attend the yeah. event? Yeah, we are super excited about this. We partnered with Invest Hong Kong. Uh, at our November Inside Retail Academy. And then they approached us and said, would you like to run a one-day forum as part of the Start Me Up Festival in Hong Kong, which is obviously on next week from the 16th to the 20th. And we are running the first day, which is a forum bringing together retailers, startups, investors, entrepreneurs, tech companies to really cultivate the ecosystem of, of startups in Hong Kong. Hong Kong really wants to be known as uh, the gateway to the world for, for startups and, and, you know, the Asian version of Silicon Valley, basically. And so, and also to enrich the the retail ecosystem of Hong Kong as well. Uh, you know, a lot has changed over the last five or ten years in the retail ecosystem where Hong Kong used to be known as that, you know, amazing place to go shopping and they feel like it's lost its edge. Um, and so that what they're trying to do is really build on that, which is why we've been engaged by Invest Hong Kong to work and build on this day um, on, for the Start Me Up Festival. So we've got some really interesting speakers and, again, across all of those different areas. So we've got retailers speaking, we've got um, investors speaking, we've got entrepreneurs speaking, and all businesses that are influencing, engaged in, or in some way, shape or form, part of the retail industry. Uh, we've got a number of sponsors like Tofu Gear, uh, Cooper and Brand Aroma and Real Vision on board and they're really bringing to life uh, and empowering the day with different elements. We've got a startup village set up downstairs so it's at PMQ and it's, it's over two levels and we've got mm. all the latest technology. I think there's going to be about 40 different little stands with all the latest technology uh, being showcased. Then upstairs we'll have the, the main theatre uh, and then also, you know, the things that I spoke about like Brand Aroma and Real Vision um, and Cooper and Tofu Gear who will be showcasing some of their projects and some of their technology and, and what they what they do as well. Uh, so we're really excited to, to bring it all together. It's been probably the fastest turnaround event that I've ever worked on. Um, from from idea to delivery has been six weeks, and obviously we've had Christmas and New Year yeah. in there as well. So uh, it's been a really fun and exciting and fast-paced project to to work on. Yeah, it sounds like. I mean, I I I, um, I actually I personally sat in on a couple of those of those meetings, oh, uh, the calls with yes. with Invest HK, and and yeah, I mean. Everyone's sort of operating at, at optimal level right now, trying to get everything done. But I'm 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 very confident that it's going to be a fantastic event. So you mentioned um, some technology. Uh, you know, we, we talked about WhatsApp, obviously, and mm. what what are some of the other things that are going to be showcased specifically at the? You know, when you talk about retail, you don't necessarily think about technology. So what are some examples of of stuff that might be showcased? Well, technology is obviously everywhere. So it's whether it's on the front end of retail, like physical things in store to, you know, create a better customer experience or really the back end on, you know, creating uh, better systems, processes and procedures for supply chains, delivery, optimizing, you know, optimizing websites. Um, so there's so many different ways and we've got now about 11 different startups who are each pitching their ideas. So we've got two, two pitch fests in the afternoon, which will be judged by a series of four judges. And they are really pitching their latest, not only about the technology, but it's an idea that is the enabler to creating better solutions for retail so that the whole customer experience has a much stronger flow 
and it becomes a lot more customer customer centric. Right. So yeah, they're really the the technology that lies behind retail are quite are quite varied. They're obviously consumer facing, and then there's also the back end to optimize businesses and create. You know, at the end of the day, what people are trying to create is better customer experiences, which create more profitability and overall grow. You know, an organization. Yeah, technology is everywhere, and it's got to get on, jump on the train. You can't resist it. But uh, oftentimes, it, it's very, it, it does make our lives easier and it's, it's for the better. Catherine, I, we have to look to wrap up soon. I have a couple more questions for you. Um, the first is, and it's part of, it's one of the things that you're going to talk about or your, your panel or um, mm-hmm. your event will address is sort of what are the trends do you see um, in the retail space uh, in the in the coming two to five years. Yeah, again, I think you know we've got a big focus on technology, um, and so I really feel there'll be a strong emergence of that uh, in physical in physical retail to create better customer experiences, and also you know the things like three D printing uh, and the way stores are using different visual aids and different concepts within a store to create a better navigation. So when a a customer first sees the window of a store and then they walk through the store and they're getting a whole brand experience. And I think overall, you know, brands are really looking for experiences. Uh, Customers are looking for experiences. How that is then delivered in a retail environment, um, you know, can be the make or break of retailers. And people want to be able to walk away and go, oh my God, wow, that was amazing. Whatever, whatever experience it is. But I think people are now looking for more memorable experiences they don't necessarily Mm. just want to buy something online wow i got another t-shirt or i don't just want to walk (laughs) into a store pick up the t-shirt off the rack take it to the counter they want to immerse themselves into something greater uh and something that's got more fun to it like one of the speakers is is jeremy uh jeremy Mm. melzer who's coming over from australia and he's got a company called uh i equals change uh, and mm-hmm. so when when customers are shopping online, they can basically go on and they can choose one of three charities that $2 from every one of those sales will go to a particular cause, like educating children in Africa. And there's specific causes. So we've, you know, we've selected three causes for every ticket that's purchased for uh, the event next week. That money is being chosen. It's taken, you know, it's our money. It's not, it is obviously the customer's money, but we are donating $2 from every one of our sales. So it's just about... I guess doing more with what we have again mm-hmm. and it not being so static, the relationship and the connection between brands and retailers, you know, with something like I equals change and having that concept on uh, certain websites, it's getting like 20% more conversion of sales at the end at the shopping cart because people are like, oh, they're actually doing something for the greater good. We could don- mm-hmm. I could donate, you know, $2 to, uh, you know, this particular project in uh, in Africa, or this particular project in Asia, um, so it's giving giving brands more meaning again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think those things, you know, the experiences, technology being the enabler of those experiences, are we doing more with what we have? Right, right, yeah, that's 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 fantastic. I mean, I think that uh, yeah, the, the the trends that we'll see uh, with technology and and just sort of the the social consciousness side of things are. Mm. are quite exciting um and and they're all very meaningful as well um so um well Catherine, thank you so much i appreciate your time the final question is where can people find you follow you um maybe learn a little bit more about uh, what you're doing at inside retail 
Yeah, my space is, is LinkedIn. Uh, I spend my life okay. on LinkedIn. So it's just Catherine van der Mullen. Um, and so, yeah, I, I list all my projects that I'm working on in there and also engaging in different conversations with, you know, white papers that we release um, and different projects and media that we'll have following the event uh, for next week. So it's a bit of a hub for me that, that, of that space that I use. All right, great. So you can connect with Catherine on LinkedIn and head on over to edge.insideretail.hk, which is where you can pick up your tickets for the Inside Retail event, which is on Monday, January 16th, part of the Start Me Up Hong Kong 2017 Festival at the PMQ. It is going to be great. I'm very much looking forward to it. And Catherine, thanks again. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we had a great time talking this morning. Thanks so much. I'll see you next week. All right, take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The J. Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week. This podcast is brought to you by Hack Your Fitness, the high achiever's guide to getting ripped in under three hours a week. If you're anything like me, you're probably working a full-time job or jobs and trying to find time to balance family life, social life, and last but not least, fitness. Look, I get it. I'm a full-time investor and entrepreneur myself and father of two. So how am I able to stay fit year-round without spending hours and hours in the gym killing myself on the cardio machine? After struggling for the last 15 years trying every workout and diet under the sun, I finally designed a system that allows me to achieve and maintain single-digit body fat for life in under 3 hours a week. Cardio not required. Head on over to hackyour.fitness and download my free 13-page guide that teaches you the simple science behind efficient fitness and smart nutrition and gives you everything you need to know to finally take control of your life. That's hackyour.fitness.